following program may contain coarse language, suggestive dialogue, and discussion of violent imagery and sexual situations. It is intended for mature listeners who can tell the difference between facts and opinions. It's an end-of-the-year Blade Runner blowout on this episode of the Toonami Faithful Podcast. I am your host, Sketch, and with me, I have... ASMRI Derail Maddox. And... Editorial writer, V-Lord GTZ. And... Another editorial writer, Laser Kid. And a returning guest. Hi, my name is Cesar Gametto. I used to be Sketch. Um, and then I stopped being Sketch. Uh, no, I, uh, yeah, I'm, my name is Jose Eric Meadow, and I'm here to talk about Blade Runner, because I love Blade Runner. Yes, we know Jose loves Blade Runner. And I used to host this show. <laughs> Under the Jose standard. But I had I to know. bring in Jose to talk about Blade Runner, because there's so much Blade Runner to talk about this weekend. Oh my gosh. Yeah, we got, we got Toonami this weekend. Extra Toonami. We got extra Toonami. Extra, <laughs> oh, oh. You might we say we talk. had two Toonami. Oh, yeah. I'm going to go hide now. So, go so it's, it's Toonami with a W instead of... Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> but was it Toonami? I don't know. No, no. no I don't very. think so, but you know. More there like were, movie. More like movie. There were like three bumps, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. That... That was it. Okay, I guess we'll talk about the presentation. Uh, right I should now. also probably, before I get myself in trouble. Uh, hello, uh, my name is Jose Gamedo, and also I uh, work for Warner Media, uh, not for Adult Swim and not for Toonami, but I work for the company that owns them. And uh, I am here just because I want to be here. I'm not here to advertise Toonami and uh, or Blade Runner or any other Warner Media property. I just really like this stuff and I wanted to talk about it. So this is not an ad. This is not an ad. Or an endorsement. Oh, I endorse it fully. I fully <laughs> endorse it. Buy Warner Media products. Buy all the Warner Media products. But uh, this is not an advertisement. You heard it here first, folks. Products. Tom for president. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Tom for multiverses. Ooh, yes. For, for, for a galactic oh, president. Idea. There we go. Yeah, and then he can be president. First, he's got to be in the crossover fighting game. That's true. And then he can be president. That's how it works. Hey, I'm, I'm down for that. That's how it works, and that's why Sephiroth will be our next president. If I don't do it. Tom for Smash. <laughs> Anyways, uh, uh, so Blade Runner. Yeah, Blade Runner. yeah, Blade Runner. <laughs> we got a new episode of Blade Runner Black Lotus this past weekend for the fourth episode. We haven't covered the third or the fourth yet, so we'll be doing that today. But there was also a special airing of the Blackout 2022 short by Shinichiro Watanabe. And they also played the entire Blade Runner 2049 film. Entire, in quotes. I should have phrased that differently. <laughs> yeah, it was, it, was the, uh, it was the TV cut. Apparently, Villeneuve himself uh, approved that cut. So they couldn't change it. So no digital bikinis. I was very disappointed. It was not the triumphant return of digital bikinis, as oh, wow. we had all hoped. 
Like, yeah. Digital bikinis are so fun. Yeah. And they also didn't get to do much in the way of bumpers because they were told that that would make the movie run too long, which is somewhat understandable, but they still played Adult Swim bumpers, which go pretty long. Okay, so I I don't want to second-guess anybody at programming over there, but my... I I feel like if I were to time the two, like Adult Swim bumps and Tsunami bumps, they're the same length. They're They're like 15 seconds, I think. Yeah, they they uh they add up to about the same length or even more than Toonami would have been. So yeah, so I didn't I didn't get that. Um, but I'm not going to question programming department. They they know what they're talking about more than I do. I just thought that was odd. Yeah, it was really odd to be playing the regular Dulce Swim bumps. It was also very odd to cold open into like the production logos for the Blackout short. Like yeah. they didn't they didn't even play that uh, little snippet of the director talking about it, which is how I saw it uh, originally. Yeah, but like you know, that's whatever. Villanibu appears in all three of the Blade Runner shorts, like introducing them, but like not technically a part of the shorts. That's true. Uh, I did finally watch the other two shorts, which are very interesting. Uh, you you could see. Uh, Neander Wallace Jr. Uh, trying to make his case for new replicants in one of the shorts, and the other uh, focused on Dave Batista's character. Uh, what led up to him having to be tracked down? Which uh, I feel I really feel for that guy. It, yeah. it just he just wanted to live his best life, and they would not. He want wanted to farm them bugs. Just leave him alone to farm them bugs. He wasn't a leech on society. He was making leeches for society. Exactly. He was a parasite. But yeah, are we... I'm sorry, I'm so lost. Like, are we talking about Blade Runner, I guess, like, immediately? <laughs> yes, we are. are we going into this? Well, that wasn't the intention. But, uh... Yeah, let, let me redirect here. <laughs> Focus? What's sorry, that? I got... I jumped the gun. I got excited. We, what is structure? All these tangents. Structure is unnecessary. It's guidelines, obviously. really. <laughs> it is not our job to keep order. <laughs> it's somebody else's. Uh, yeah. It's really mine. It's actually your <laughs> job, Sketch, technically. Technically, yes. Anna's in, sir. And I have failed miserably, but yeah. we will try to get back on track. Uh, before we really get into all of the Blade Runner discussion, I wanted to touch on uh, schedule updates. It's not much, but we do have the December 4th schedule, which will be a new episode of Blade Runner Black Lotus at midnight, followed by the first five episodes repeating. So an encore of the fifth episode will air later in the night. And then they will run the last rerun of Dr. Stone and a rerun of Dragon Ball Super. Cool. Yeah. So if you it's have, that time of the year. <laughs> if, you've, if you've missed Blade Runner Black Lotus, you might not want to listen to this podcast right now until you see it. But you Spoiler have plenty alert. of opportunities. You have that opportunity. And then the following Friday, the 10th, and we have no idea if this will be considered Toonami, but based on how the uh, movie night went, maybe? (laughs) They will be running the first five episodes again, and then repeating the first three episodes after that for a full eight-episode marathon, starting at midnight on Friday, the 10th. 
They're pushing Blade Runner really hard. They are giving good. people every opportunity to see this show, which, I mean, they don't have that much else to promote right now, so it makes sense. But Blade Runner is well, good they have, though, man. I mean, they have Squidbillies, but I think that, you know, Blade Runner is such a big, big franchise in comparison that they're probably really pushing it hard. Well, apparently there's a live action series in development. Ooh. Yeah, but who knows when we're going to see that. Yeah. <laughs> the first of February. It could it could take a while. Yeah. Speaking of Ridley Scott, Saw House of Gucci. Interesting movie. I enjoyed it. I haven't seen it. I didn't Was see it? the last duel either. I will. I will see both of those because I love Ridley Scott, but I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. Last Duel was really good. But I will I will make a point of seeing that. Uh but yeah, yeah. I mean uh is do we have the rest of the year or no? Mm, so far, no. If more information is given by the time this podcast is being edited, then I will go ahead and punch that in right here. And sure enough, we have a schedule update for both December 11th and December 18th. On December 11th, the block starts with a new episode of Blade Runner Black Lotus, followed by a triple threat of Yashihime Princess Half Demon. Then Naruto Shippen in at 2... Fena reruns at 2.30, Dr. Stone at 3, and Dragon Ball Super at 3.30. On December 18th, we have a new episode of Blade Runner Black Lotus at midnight, followed by The Animatrix in its entirety, airing until 2.45, in which they start playing the Samurai and Shogun shorts of Rick and Morty, both Part 1 and Part 2. And then at 3 a.m., more Rick and Morty shorts. It's the Akihabara one, followed by Summer Meets God. And then at 3.30, Dragon Ball Super. We don't have the December 25th schedule yet, but because it is Christmas Day, you can pretty much count on a rerun marathon. I'm gonna guess My Hero Academia. They do have that Christmas episode to air, which would be very appropriate. So that's the update for most of December. And those of you out there who did expect three episodes of Yashihime to finish off the season, you were right. I'm going to assume we're going to get two more Blade Runner marathons. <laughs> Blade Runner know. marathons for everybody. I don't know about Blade Runner. They just get longer each episode. <laughs> you know, they. It, it would be unusual for them to play a movie twice, but if if they can play the movie again, that's not the worst way to spend a Saturday. Or perhaps they could show the original. Oh, oh that'd yeah, that'd be cool. But I also think that I don't know why. I just I can't see them showing the original. I can't really either. I'm just spitballing. I would love I would love to be absolutely 100 percent wrong, but I feel like it being kind of old at this point would turn off uh, yeah. some of the audience. Well, and then there's which cut do you use? The final, the final cut. Easy. Well, yeah. The only correct cut. <laughs> don't talk about the other cuts. It's Ooh. the only version actually shown Ooh. on TV anymore. They don't show the other ones. It's only mm. yeah, that's that's a good point. That is a good point. Mm. That's what they uh, showed uh, on I mean, classic movies a few months ago. I just want to see Red Line on there, man. I'm sorry to get off to, but you y'all know, <laughs> Jason, please somebody. Uh, that's, that's not happening. 
I know, man, but it's wishful thinking on my part. You know, I would love for it to happen. Yeah, because we've been, I mean, back in the old days when I was hosting the show, we were asking for Redline. You are the reason why I watch Redline, why I own Redline, why his autograph by Michelle. Definitely still worth playing. Exactly. It's still worth playing, but I think. uh, Got to work out a deal with Anchor Bay, which. uh, No, Lionsgate. Lionsgate. Oh, right. Uh, so they'd have to work. I mean, it's not impossible, but it's like, I don't even think they know they own it or they oh, have a license geez. to it. <laughs> uh, they have forgotten about Monk Entertainment except for Ghost in the Shell. Like, it's the only thing they kind of haven't forgotten about, but like, they've kind of <sighs> forgotten you, about. Oh, no. You can Monk still buy those Blu ray sets at stores.com. Uh, <laughs> oh, the, what is it, the 1996 1997 DVD of Ghost in the Shell is like still in print. Oh, like, well, that's a good thing. You can I mean, it's a good movie and everything, buy, but the fact they haven't even bothered to do another print of it is just the same no, exact thing. Like they, no, they've made like uh, they've made like all, m- multiple editions. They did the special edition, like okay, 2000 okay. something. They did. They did like, the yeah, I saw you doing your they did the, it, man. They did the 4K Blu ray, but the original like 1998. DVD is so abundantly available. Like, I think it's still in print. <laughs> you That's ought to know, man. Funny. You got a lot of Ghost and Shell stuff, man. Yeah, I do. But we need to keep it to one nerdy obsession of mine at a time. <laughs> well, we we're still within the, the realm of Cyberpunk, at least. I True. would play Cyberpunk. No, no, we're not talking about that. Oh, why? Sorry, why? I heard. I misheard. The best. Sorry, why was that nominated for best RPG uh, in the game of War? God? Why? <laughs> I okay, stand the pixel remasters the over here. Talk about that. We're right. really getting off topic now. Yeah. <laughs> Tangent. So yeah, uh, I I wouldn't expect anything other than more rerun marathons for the rest of the month. But you know they could maybe do some movies. Uh, they got that Matrix movie coming out late in December. Oh, yeah, it'd be a good opportunity to play Animatrix. Exactly. We totally called that one. But to be fair, we're not the only ones. Since they're apparently not opposed to playing live-action films, play all the Matrixes. I feel like like a live-action film would be a Friday night thing, though. It wouldn't be a Saturday night thing. Sure, do it. Do it on Fridays. Yeah. We'll take the extra time. Heck yeah. With minimal tsunami bumps, unfortunately. You know... I'm sure there's some folks out there that feel like it's abhorrent for Adult Swim to play live action films, but you know, if they're good, I'm all for it. I got. I mean, if it's related it to what they're doing, Swim? I really don't see the problem. I mean, Adult, Adult Swim, Swim has played the room like show? for how many years? Oh, like, yeah, that's also that. A... <laughs> like, not... live action is not a problem on Adult Blade Swim. Runner 2049 is uh, the real first, like substantial movie that they've ever played they played the room and they've played the black dynamite movie but those are you know pretty small specific things so it was really cool that they actually played a movie on adult swim and i have no problem with them doing more of that you know if it's good if it relates to what they're doing whatever but yeah definitely play the matrix it's it's well worth playing again yeah sure they, they played, played the Batman Animatrix this year, so why not? I mean, they yeah. Played, uh, they played when they when the, Adult Swim Action aired Adults uh, aired Animatrix like when 
Yeah. Action that, Saturday's first that return. Was a, that was like the first thing they premiered with. That was, that was a, pretty cool. Was long, and the Escalone movie. And Metropolis. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It feels, but like from what I've heard, that movies don't really do that great on Adult Swim. I think yeah. Blade Runner is a special exception um, because obviously they're doing the show. But like, I mean, you I, you can guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but like, it seemed like Jason indicated that movies were expensive and didn't necessarily they actually did worse than marathons. Uh, I don't know if they necessarily did worse than marathons, but they they were expensive, and for a one time cost, it just didn't make sense, which yeah. is totally understandable. But if they could play some movies for cheap or for free, that that's uh it's a good way to use time yeah but uh, enough about that uh i hope that we see some creativity in the upcoming schedules i'm sure they'll be at least a little bit creative but we'll we'll see and i'm just gonna put this out there i know they don't normally run anything other than the regular lineup on the first saturday of january but this time it's literally january 1st so let's keep our expectations in check folks <laughs> yeah we're gonna have five new series from debuting january 1st that's totally what's gonna happen you guys totally Run a marathon number seven yeah <laughs> uh, uh, in case you're yeah, they're just gonna keep Adding an episode every week and marathoning the rest. Yeah. That's exactly what's going to happen. Do it. On both Fridays I'm daring and Adult Swim. Do it. Don't give them ideas. <laughs> I like this idea. It's a free idea, guys. Free idea. This one's for free. <laughs> um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I guess. I don't know. I mean, it's the end of the year, so... Yes, you know, it's with the exception it, of the new episodes of Blade Runner, they're clearly kind of winding down for for a minute. Yeah, for those who are not aware, they just finished Food Wars: The Fourth Plate. The fifth season is not dubbed, as far as we know. It's not available anywhere dubbed. It could be dubbed, but it's nowhere. So there, that's a total unknown. Yashihime only has about five episodes, no, three episodes left in its first season. The second season is now being dubbed, but that doesn't mean that they can immediately start it. So, yeah, they're kind of... Yeah. <laughs> it's good to take a month off, I think. Yeah, you just... You don't really want to premiere a show in the holiday season. Like, we're officially in the holiday season. Thanksgiving happened. So, yeah. you know... Um, it was, yeah, it's not a good idea. Honestly, odd that they out of all the stuff that they're doing now that they actually ran a regular schedule on Thanksgiving, but what, whatever, yeah. <laughs> not actual Thanksgiving, but the Saturday after, I don't know, <laughs> but we will, we will see what they do and what they have coming in due time. But that's enough talking about the schedule and all of that we have a lot of blade runner stuff to talk about and let's start with the third and fourth episodes of blade runner black lotus but before we get into those particular episodes jose what are your thoughts so far on blade runner black lotus i'm really loving the show and like i look i'm a huge blade runner fan period and 
I'm a little biased because I know the directors. Um, but yes, <laughs> I really do like the show uh, a lot. And it's... Uh, I, the CG is like come a really long way for Sola. It is by far some of the most advanced stuff that they've done. And it's probably some of the most advanced stuff on TV right now, quite honestly. Like, it's really good looking. Um, that said, there's still flaws. Um specifically in the characters the character animation uh is probably the show's biggest weakness um for one thing hair physics are not accurate um when l for example like you know she looks down her hair doesn't go down it stays in like straight you know and Mm. there are you know so there are like little things like that um some of the uh Some of the problems that I've noticed are, you know, and this happens in in all CG, like even like big budget films. In the first episode, I noticed that Doc Badger, his hand clips through the table um, because the motion capture data just like didn't account for the table. Like whoever the motion capture actor was just went through the table and that made it it made it into the show. Um, But like, I mean, Thanos's glove at the very end of Avengers Endgame also clips into his hand so you know it happens not uh not taken you know this it gets by people and then (laughs) i think the biggest flaw is that the even though the actors are so if i remember correctly the actors did their vocal performances first and the uh face faces animating based off that voice in the english version Mm-hmm. But they, I think they're doing it like it's it's a hand animation. Um, it's hand animated instead of using motion capture data on the face. And sometimes it's a bit off. Um, specifically, not that the, the lips are off. The lips aren't off. It's more just like sometimes the emotion that the the actor is giving doesn't match the facial expression that the character on screen is giving and i feel like there's a disconnect with that and that the motion capture the body itself is also doing something different so that can be a little jarring when when those little flaws pop up it's not often but it 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 happens where you're just like three different people are controlling this performance um and and they're not on the same page on this one you know but Mm. when the show comes together it really comes together and you know, it's such a huge step up from Ghost in the Shell 2045, um, which is the show they did right before. It's very clear that, like, I look at 2045 and then I look at this and I'm like, 2045 must have had a really rushed schedule. Like, really rushed. Because there are things that, like, I critiqued about 2045 was, like, there were there were things that were absolutely addressed in later on in 2049 or not 2049 excuse me black lotus it's a lot of 2040s <laughs> yeah. um it there's a lot of stuff that was addressed in those um like for example actually last night was a great example um in the first episode of ghost in the shell 2045 there's a truck flip and the truck is flipping in the desert on sand and it it doesn't kick up any sand. It doesn't. The, the damage isn't too extensive to the truck. It's just, it's just kind of a model flying through the air. And then last night's uh, 
you know, like dune buggy crash. Um, like the parts are flying all over the place. Like, you know, it's kicking up sand, there's debris everywhere and it looks awesome. And you're just like, they must've not had, they know, they obviously know they just must not have had time on ghost in the shell. And, you know, they had the time on blade runner, which, and it's showing. And I, I hope that, you know, for the next season, they get even more time. Mm. Yeah. So uh, regarding the ghost in the shell, Netflix, give them more time. <laughs> yeah, give them a lot more time, please. But uh, I think uh, it's already, I think season two is already in the can. It's already done. Yeah. So it's kind of over. Well, hopefully they gave them a little more time. Yeah. <laughs> At least a little. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm enjoying the show a lot so far. Uh, animation flaws aside, which are, in my opinion, very few and far in between and are not that distracting when they do pop up. Uh, it's more just like I'm looking for them because I knew I was going to be asked about this. <laughs> uh, and also, you know, just the environment work is gorgeous, like mm-hmm. absolutely gorgeous. Um they nailed it. And the thing I also love about it is obviously they got the Blade Runner, like they got Los Angeles 2032, like down pat. They got it. But it's also like the parts of Los Angeles that we don't get to see in the Blade Runner franchise, like the rich, like the upper class uh, folks, you know, how they live in 2032. And, you know, the environments are, are just really good in that. And it's just overall, it's, a, it's an achievement for. For Sola, they, they're doing amazing work on Blade Runner. Hmm. I would agree. Darrell, anything to add? Man, I have to come. Man, you can't come behind Jose after that, man. He hit his spot home. <laughs> Seriously, he just hit his spot home. I mean, you know, being a fan of Blade Runner, like, you know, uh, let me get my thoughts together. Damn you, Jose, for being so damn good at this. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll suck more. No, no, no. Continue to be <laughs> I, great. I, I would have asked you first, but then I feel like you would have been like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> no, no, no. You're fine. Trust me. I really would rather Jose lead off, man, because I'm not that deep into the franchise like I am. But, it, you know, the fact that we did get to see what the 1% looked like, the upper crust, it was amazing. And then, you know, some of the CGI. The CGI is really good, like Jose said, also. And, you know... But I didn't see those little clips that he was talking about, you know, the little inconsistencies. I, I didn't know. I mean, either. you know, you know, that's but that's that's this is what Jose does anyway. So of course he was gonna look for those flaws. But overall, He's an editor. You know, yeah, overall, man, seriously, you know, it's really beautiful, and I'm looking forward to seeing more. All right, let's go ahead and get into the content of these two episodes. Uh, so, as you may recall, at the end of episode two, Jay ends up shooting Elle when she's having a breakdown in the alleyway and says something to the effect of, eh, definitely trouble. So, the next episode, she wakes up at his apartment and she's kind of weirded out by the fact that he was able to find her so easy. He's like, well, what? I just used a police radio. Not a big deal. <laughs> Uh, meanwhile, Officer Davis goes to investigate the punks that L had a run-in with and talks to Drove, 
that guy who I thought looked like Norm McDonald. Uh, he's alive still. <laughs> and uh, in a lot of pain after Officer Davis gets done with him. <laughs> she, uh, she wasn't yeah, she thinking has, no for an answer. <laughs> she has some moves. Um, and, you know, it's kind of, it, it's kind of cool, but also like, I don't want to say odd. It's not odd. It's just like, it's it's weird to see an officer so competent in Blade Runner who's not a replicant because obviously mm. K in, in 2049 is a very competent officer, um, but Deckard is a mess. <laughs> Deckard yeah. is a fucking sloppy ass mess. You know, I mean, and, you know, the original movie is him getting his ass kicked for two and a half hours. And his and, chief doesn't seem so competent either. Uh, yeah, no, Bryant is Bryant is Bryant. You know, he doesn't do anything. And he's on his ass Yeah, he just tells Deckard what to do. But like, you know, it's so weird to see an officer, I guess, very competent. But again, you know, I guess these are humans that she's going up against. They're not replicants. So a little bit of a difference in in power level structure, if you will, for lack of better terms. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. She is a one ass-kicking lady, to be sure. Uh, Back at the apartment, Elle asks Joseph what a replicant is, because she thinks she might be one, based on her fractured memories. And that's when it happens, folks. Jay pulls out the Voight-Camp test on her. Voight-Camp. I'm sorry. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> if it um, wasn't me, so I, I had I didn't know it was going to be me. I'm sorry. <laughs> the Void Comp test. Yeah, that's how it's pronounced. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Which, uh, of course, is a very famous test. It was done in the first Blade Runner movie. Uh, and he asks her a series of questions. Well, so I just for... want to pause real fast if I can about the Voight and Comp test. Uh, he mentions that it is a test to track contradictions in replicants' emotions, which I had never heard of before. So um, in the Voight Comp in the original film, in fact, I just watched it, it's just an involuntary uh, eye pupil dilation uh, based on blush response like like having basically an emotional outburst. Uh, I, I never saw anything about a contradiction, and that stuck out to me. Like in the first movie, it's very vague, and this it seems kind of more specific as to what the test is looking for. Um, which I don't know how you would find a contradiction in someone's emotions, but um, you know, maybe he's lying because this dude is a lying liar, pants on fire. Yes, he certainly is. Uh... He uh, we'll also also checks her eye to see if she has the mark of a Nexus 8 replicant. Um, which is kind of interesting that he pulls out the, the Void Comp test. Because uh, wouldn't that not necessarily prove anything? Or like it would take a whole lot of questions to prove it? Depends on what kind of um, replicant she is. So if she was a Nexus 8, she would have had the serial number. Um, so she is not a Nexus 8. Um, she, if she was a Nexus 6, it would take probably about 20 to 30 questions based on 
um, Deckard's experience with replicants. It takes about 20 to 30 questions. Um, mm-hmm. And Nexus 7 takes about 100 questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because that's how long it took on Rachel. And Rachel's our only sample size for Nexus 7. Um, so, mm. Yeah. So, but I, and I, I hypothesized that she was a Nexus 7. However, that doesn't make any sense um, because then that why would Wallace try to find Rachel's uh, remains and, you know, figure out how she was able to procreate if he could just make a Nexus 7 the whole time? So she's definitely a Nexus 9. She's a prototype Nexus 9, which is probably why she doesn't have the um, serial number under her eye because she's, like, very, very early model. And mm-hmm. if she had one, she would probably be, uh, you know probably retired immediately uh even though she's supposed to be hunted or whatever but like she'd be retired immediately uh by authorities because of the replicant ban mm-hmm. so that's that i think that's why that she doesn't have the the uh the serial number she could just also be a prototype and they just don't give serial numbers to prototypes maybe um but yeah, yeah that was the uh I'm skipping ahead. I'm so sorry. And I'm hypothesizing a lot. <laughs> that's that's okay. But um, yeah, so he finishes the test, so to speak, and uh, tells her that she's not a replicant. But during the test, she thinks back to a love in her life, and she remembers the moment when she got her tattoo, and that her lover said it was a symbol of purity. And Joseph is like, "Eh, only the white lotus is a symbol of purity. And she (laughs) took a bit of offense to that. (laughs) I mean, it's it's on her white skin. It doesn't make sense to make a white lotus, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It could just be an outline for for all we know. I don't know, man. Like, that just seems messed up that you would assume it's a black lotus immediately. You uh, are evil because you have black painting on you. That's how that works. Yeah. Uh, listen to go there. But, or, or maybe, I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> also, we, all, we all know who it is who gave her the tattoo, right? Like, it's pretty obvious. I would say is uh, Wallace Jr. Yep. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. what a guess. No. It's, it's, not, it's not a secret. Wow. It's just not a secret. <laughs> I uh, the the voice kind of threw me off for a second because I didn't quite recognize that it was the same guy, but yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure it's yeah. The, the voice here. gave it away yeah, the voice gives it away immediately. <laughs> I don't know, it just sounded a little different to me. But uh, uh, speaking of Wallace Jr., he and his father have a conversation about how Senator Bannister's death could potentially delay replicant production being legalized, but. Wallace Senior is apparently not worried. I thought it was the opposite. I thought Wallace Junior wasn't worried. Wallace Junior seemed like very pompous and like whatever about the whole thing. But I don't know. Like Wallace Junior, it's kind of interesting seeing his relationship with his father, who does not appear again. So I'm going to assume he's not making it out of this show. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, hey, are we going to see when? Uh... Something happens to the eyes of Wallace Jr.? I'm assuming we're going to see when he goes blind in this show. 
And as the third episode wraps up, uh, L awakes again and discovers that the data device that was being decrypted is now decrypted, and she can see footage on the device showing replicants being hunted by Bannister and his group of uh, merry, rich people. (laughs) Fun times. (laughs) Yeah. And that brings us to the fourth episode, The Doll Hunt, which is mostly uh, her recalling the exact event that happened. So she's thinking back to when she gets her tattoo, and then she dozes off after... Wallace Jr. tells her to not forget about her. And she wakes up and suddenly this lush room that had a blue sky and a nice pool is just destitute. There's no water in the pool. It's all dark. She can't see anything. And as an aside, every time I see that room with the birdcage thing, I was like, this is really reminding me of Fairy Dance from SAO. Oh, I'm not the only (laughs) one. I was going to make a similar comment. I was about to make that. I was like about to say it, man. Damn, haven't haven't seen it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. You all right? I, you, I give up on you, SAO. Sorry, you, everybody. You're quite all right. Don't worry about it. Yeah, bro. <laughs> I just, I just had to say it. Uh, so she wakes up in this room, and there's nobody there. There's nothing there. She moves into some other rooms, and then steps outside and gets locked out, and finds uh, some other individuals that have been. Uh, stranded here for whatever reason and they all don't seem to have memories other than a vague thought of what they were doing last like uh one guy was remembering spending time with his family Uh, another lady was remembering going to the grocery store and then they can't remember anything else other than maybe their names and it does not take long before some Rich assholes show up in motor vehicles and start shooting them and hunting them down for sports. How screwed up is it that they gave these replicants like a vague memory of doing something right before this happened and then just being like, you're all being hunted now. Ha ha. It's really fucked up. I know. It's like the purge, man. It's not, it's not like they have obviously they don't know the replicants but like you also gave them like a faint memory just like the laziest amount of work of a faint memory and well, just like just enough right. to make them horrified it's just really horrible yeah yeah it's yeah. it's a really screwed up scenario just just enough to give them something Motivation to not die yeah exactly and that's just so twisted i <laughs> Playing on emotions, man. It also it also gives the the rich thrill seekers, you know, that satisfaction of they get to shoot somebody down who's begging for their life. Yeah, because it's just no fun to shoot somebody who's not begging to live. I guess pretty much. I I I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know either. But I guess. (laughs) I guess. (laughs) Yeah. uh, real no. screwed up yeah and l makes a friend real short and uh she does not live 
Death Flag. Yeah. Poor Miu. That was her name, right? Yeah, Miu was her name. Miu. She's literally the only character that was whose name was spoken. <laughs> yeah, everybody else really didn't get that lucky, but man, poor poor Miu. She got like immediately uh no, not even immediately. It was a slow death for her, wasn't it? She got shot in the head, I feel like twice. Yeah, something like that. Hooper was the name of uh, the character who was like, hey, let me have these two. I want to try something. So he wanted to test the limits of the replicants' inability to fight them. And he unfortunately finds out, or fortunately, depending fortunately, on how you look yeah. at it, <laughs> finds out that... Sorry. <laughs> I'll allow it. <laughs> That was the moment when L snapped and was able to do bodily harm to him. A lot of bodily harm, in fact. But what? Uh, he was very surprised. <laughs> yeah, she didn't um, abide by the third law. Oh. No. <laughs> well, she's not a robot, Daryl. Daryl. <laughs> oh, Lord. You know, Daryl. Daryl. I, I have a coworker with the name, same spelling pronounced Daryl, and it's, it throws me off. <laughs> I was say that, and that took me back. I know, oh. I know, I'm really sorry. Wow. <laughs> I can't even be mad because I'm laughing. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> now, we have no idea if any of these other replicants were received any kind of training to be able to fight the way L does, but L certainly did. I don't think it's train. No, because I don't think it's training. I think it's just. I mean, they're programmed to uh, know how to fight that way. True. It's true. Um, and obviously, look, Neander Wallace has um, Neander Wallace has like obviously like this uh, ultimate uh, ulterior motive with L that we don't know what it is yet, and he is. Um, you know, he's obviously given her things that that the other replicants don't have. Um, you know, because the memory isn't just like some random memory; it's a memory of him. Mm-hmm. And so, I, I I don't know what his what his end game is with L, but obviously, he's got some kind of plan. Yeah. So, needless I, to say, uh, the oh, go ahead. I think he he obviously did something to disable um, L's you know ability to not hurt anybody. Yeah, but at least initially she still wasn't able to do it. Yeah. So there must have been still some kind of fail safe and any kind of you yeah. know like defend yourself but still don't kill. Mm. Yeah, like something to like trigger it. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta you gotta have those safety protocols. A backup mm-hmm. for the backup and a backup for the backup backup. That's right. Anyway, show of hands. Did every, anybody think that Joe Joseph uh, was lying with the Voight comp test? Yeah. <laughs> I'm a psychology major, dude. It was it was a few things that just didn't seem right. Was like, I mean, we saw in the first episode that her <laughs> eyes were glowing, and I bring it up because her eyes are glowing in this episode again. Mm-hmm. I... I do believe uh, liner notes for this show have told us that Joseph is a Blade Runner. <laughs> oh, he's a former Blade Runner. Okay. Or, or he is a still in Blade Runner. I 
I think that's no. I think it was for a different character that it mentioned. That's, that's Marlo. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> and I don't. I think he's probably a former Blade Runner, not Joseph, but like he's probably a former Blade Runner Marlo because in 2022 Blackout, we don't know where all the Blade Runners are, so there's not too much of a need for Blade Runner units that often. Hmm. Right. That would make sense. Uh, okay. And the police chief at the end of the episode is like, there are no replicants. They're dead. It's like, yeah, no, they're not. Sure they are. You're in too deep, kid. Get out of there. <laughs> Turn in your and, badge and gun. And then he's like, all right, now I want you to hunt this person down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, always with the shady authority. <laughs> I mean that's that's Blade Runner. It is, mm-hmm. at least from my understanding of it. Wouldn't be a Blade we Runner if there wasn't crazy shit going on. We mm. uh, we sort of skipped a bit, but like the officer, I forget her name. I'm sorry. Uh, Alani Davis. Davis. Okay, Officer Davis. Um, she is going through the evidence and finally decides to present it to the police chief, who's played by Stephen Root. Yeah. And, yeah. It was weird how they revealed his face. I thought I thought for a minute there they were like, This is Bryant. And I'm like, no and I looked it up and I'm like, no, 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 this isn't Bryant. This is Officer Earl Grant or Chief Earl Grant. So I'm like, uh, don't think this character's ever appeared before. I don't know why his face is like in shadow and like blocked behind clipboards the whole time. Eh. It's revealing a new character. It's not teasing anything. Uh, some of the things that she did uh, certainly reminded me of things that we will s- talk about, or at least were shown in uh, 2049. Yeah. So, nice nice nods there. Which, uh, you know, <laughs> of course it would still have those kinds of things at the police office. At the LAPD, in their big LAPD building. Yeah, I feel like that was the first little bit of production design that we saw that is because uh, most of it's like from 2019 i feel like the production design it's taking the inspiration from 2019 i feel like the the lapd building was definitely like a a, a cut from like 2049 which i guess makes sense i mean the like buildings don't necessarily change that often but it doesn't look like the LAP, lapd building from the 2019 from 2019 no Oh man, it's so weird to hear 2019 and not think of it in, <laughs> I know. in the real world. I know, I know, I know. It's the glorious year of 2021, which means next year the blackout's going to happen. Yeah. Uh. Oh god, I really hope blackout doesn't happen. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, seriously, definitely, definitely. Everybody knows where they were when the blackout happened. Well, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> mm. But I, I appreciate that, that they appear to be keeping the, uh, the no smartphones role in place and like keeping it consistent with, and we'll talk about it, I guess, when we start talking about 2049, but keeping it inconsistent with like, no, this is the world of post-2019 Blade Runner, not post-2019, our real world, where we had certain developments happen, mm-hmm. um, which can be a, a tough thing to like shake sometimes where you're like, um, you know, if you're doing something in the far future, but then 
you're you're making a continuation of that far future story and the far future already happened and it's very different from what they predicted it's like okay but we got to keep it consistent it's just an alternate universe don't worry about it an alternate timeline it's a variant all our Uh, variant futures yeah that's a great documentary you should go watch it it's just like, you know, how the apocalypse happened in 1999 if you played Chrono Trigger. Same thing. Oh, right. <laughs> or, what is it in, what is it, Macross? Like, the, the Macross takes place in like 2001 or something like that? Oh, wow. We do not it. have giant space robots that turn into uh, fighter jets. Yeah, and I totally I'm upset about part, that. I, I totally missed the part when Unicron almost destroyed the world. But, yeah. <laughs> Until all the one. Well, that was back in 2005. I mean, God, don't you know yeah. your history? Come on. Yeah. Look here. Yeah. All I gotta say is, it was Hot Rod's fault that Optimus Prime got killed. Mm. Mm. Also, George Jetson will be conceived pretty soon. That's true. Oh yeah. I <laughs> oh dang! I hate no, he's right. conceived now. He conceived. I think they conceived him now. He's he's born next year. Yeah, yeah. Boom, boom, boom. So, so now anyways, we're soon. We got yeah. super off track. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's what we do. I love that Us Birdman episode when they, when they talk. Happens. When they talk yeah, about. Also, the- me pointing it out never happens either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Only yeah. done it like 17 times this episode. <laughs> That's right. 17 tangents? Wow. Only 17? Dude, no that's like a real that's a real low number, Jose. Just, just I know those are rookie numbers. You got a row? Rookie numbers. Exactly. <laughs> those are rookie numbers, dude. Back in the day, <laughs> we're having tangents about tangents now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, tangent about tangents. <laughs> Many tangents, Rosie. Uh, you also told me not to curse. I'm sorry, I cursed. Dude, do it. You're no, not the only one I screwed up earlier, too. That's okay. That's okay. This isn't Fennecast. I'm the reason oh, okay. why. <laughs> Um, I've got a loose tongue sometimes because it takes too long to edit some things. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I guess what uh, I, I mean, what did you guys think of the episodes? Um, so far, man, they're pretty thought provoking. I mean, it really makes you want to just um, delve into it more, and then you're trying to figure out a lot of things in the process, like putting clues together, like like you know, as far as like what's going on with Elle and her past and the memories and everything. It's a really interesting take because um, having been someone who grew up with the original film, and I only saw 2049 like yesterday. So, oh, man. Uh, all of this is really new to me, and it's been really interesting to see kind of from a different perspective the, the Blade Runner situation of, oh, well, you are that replicant now, and uh, you have no idea what's going on. That's a really interesting take, and I'm really enjoying seeing where they're going with this. Yeah, I, I'm really enjoying it as well. I really like seeing where they're taking us. I also like that it's not super bogged down with the lore of Blade Runner, the lore, if you will. Um, even though there's a lot of like obvious, like there's a bigger world out there. I think the mistake that like Fully Cooly Two made, Fully Cooly Progressive, uh, was just it got bogged down with with lore of like Fully Cooly instead of like telling its own story. And this doesn't seem to fall into the same trap, which is really nice and really refreshing. Yeah, it likes to make little winks and nods, but it really is just telling its own story. It's not really part of uh, the story of Deckard. It's, it's its own thing. 
yeah, yeah, it's pretty much taking a life of its own, which is a good thing. You know, it's its own little separate entity. Yeah, yeah. I definitely agree with all that. Like, um, I really do like that it's like uh, focusing more on kind of the replicant perspective. And the fact that it is so much more accessible and it's not just like trying to be solely a sequel to Blade Runner kind of works well. Because even the few people I've shown the show to that haven't watched Blade Runner have been able to get something out of it, which I'm happy about because at least like allows me to like introduce a franchise I love to other people in a more like accessible, like short term way. Yeah, I think trying to make it like a direct sequel to 2019 would be just yeah you're probably like a bit too dense because already people would be like what version of the movie do i watch (laughs) watch whichever one you want no no there's only one correct choice (laughs) one correct choice it's the final cut (laughs) aka the only one available in 4k wow you have to go out of your way not to find the final cut so like yeah you really have to try not or to you can be one. my family and have laser discs of like three other versions of it well yeah, laser well, you're old that's i am, why you I have am the boomer of the podcast and that's why he's the laser, laser kid yeah well i was a laser kid when i came up with the name when i was a six-year-old yeah, you know like, well we call them i call them laser bros sometimes it so, works yeah. i'm cool with it how old are you in laser I'm doing good, doing good. I'm at my parents' place. Sorry for any random noises like my phone earlier and stuff. My folks are doing things. It's all good. Yeah, that's cool. It's but, good to visit uh, family around the holidays. Oh, yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm here for the long haul, but I came with my computer so I can be here and enjoy fun times with friends as well. Uh-huh. I'm trying to think of anything else from these episodes that I might have missed. Can't remember. <laughs> I just watched them, and I'm like, uh... Oh, gosh, I, I know well, the feeling, because they're really cool, but they kind of meld one into the other, and it's 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 really hard to differentiate. Okay, well, this happened here. Well, did that Just imagine here? watching it as a marathon. Oh, gosh, yeah. Ooh, well, I mean, I I've, watched, like, I've watched two up, um, the first two back-to-back, just like everybody else, I guess, and then three and four separately, but still, it's just... There's a lot going on, and because especially because I watched the first three without watching 2049, and then I go see 24, I'm like, oh, it's that guy! Oh, it's that guy, too! It's been interesting. Oh, yeah. yeah. I love that Doc Badger is not just... Speaking of... Yeah, speaking of that guy, Doc Badger is not just a cameo role in the show. He's, like, a main character, and I love it. I'm oh, so yeah. happy. That's pretty cool. Because he's in, he's in the first three episodes. He doesn't show up in episode four. But he is in the first three episodes, and I'm so happy about that. Well, he's already and, oh he's yeah, that's, that's right. Officer Davis tries to talk to him in the third episode. He's, he's like, like oh, uh, no, no, closing thanks. up shop. Uh, nope, yeah, you're not arresting me, right? Okay, L. bye. I didn't say the name L. Bye, click. <laughs> <laughs> I am totally don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, bye. <laughs> Uh, I love that it's played by the same actor too. That oh yeah, he came to voice great. this. Yeah, that is. It's it's nice when they can manage that. Obviously, Jared Leto was probably not available for. <laughs> for no, uh, he was too busy being in the house of Gucci. Yeah. <laughs> Where everything is. Gucci. I also feel like he'd be. He feels like one of those dudes who'd be like cartoons and walk away. <laughs> Oh, he's also too busy being Dr. Michael Morbius. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, no, he already filmed that movie. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he's he's big movie star now. <laughs> Ooh. Fancy. He's been a big movie star for a long time. Yeah. 
But um, yeah, I mean, that's Blade Runner. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. It's I'm really thing. interested to see where it takes itself because we've got this whole I'm going for revenge storyline and I'm really hoping that they do something unique with it rather than just, okay, well, she killed all those guys. It's over. Bye. Well, she's going to fail, uh, I well, think, because yeah. she can't kill Wallace Jr. Like, I'm sorry, that's a spoiler, but well, I mean, he's in, he's in the he's in the next short and he's in the. He's in 2049, so, like, of course he's not going to die. Also, are any other RPG nerds like me just looking at him going, Rufus Shinra, is that you? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. But he seems inspired by it. (laughs) So she she can't, I mean, like, I I don't want to be that guy, but, like, she can't affect the plot so much that it, it conflicts with the canon that's already been established, obviously. But, like, so... And, like, obviously Neander Wallace has put her on some kind of path. And I feel like all roads lead to him, so she can't, she's not going to succeed. No, she's not going to, but I want to see what they do with her character arc going through all this, because it's going to be very interesting to see, is she just going to, I got to kill all these guys because they wronged me. And they did, they legitimately wronged her. But it'd be interesting to see character growth from here, whereas, you know, a lesser written story would just be like, oh, nope, she's going to go kill them all. Okay. I mean, she's already killed yeah. two of them. There's yeah, not that has. many left. She has. That's true. <laughs> I mean, technically, she killed all of them except for Wallace Jr., and it would still be consistent. Well, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's involved, but he's not necessarily among the people who were intending to hunt her. That's true. <laughs> But he also turned them on her. That's or, true. So, too. He turned her on them. Like yeah. that must that must have something to do with his ulterior motive at the end of the day. And he is still controlling her like a puppet when she clearly wants autonomy. She wants to be her own person. And I feel that unfortunately she's not going to get that satisfaction. She might get revenge on everybody who was involved in the hunt and and people who who do things like that. But ultimately, she's going to fail on the person who really, truly wronged her, and that's Wallace Jr. Mm. Wallace Jr. is going to get whatever he wants out of her, and that's 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 how this story I feel is going to end. Yeah, I'm just hoping she finds some other way to you know find herself rather than to go through all that because, like like I said, she can't get everybody and. There's got to be more to it than that, I think. I feel like she yeah. deserves better than just a one-note, I'm-going-to-kill-everybody character. Those are fun, but I, I want more from her, honestly. No, and the, that's clearly not where the show's going. Obviously yeah, I said, agree. I totally all, agree. that's not where it's going. No. But uh, Jay seems fairly reluctant to help her, but agrees anyway. I really want to know what his deal is. I, I really want to I keep calling him Joseph. I think I confused him with the producer. No, his name (laughs) is Joseph. Okay. He goes by J or Joseph. Gotcha. Okay, sorry. I thought I messed up, and I was like, have I been calling this dude by the producer's name the whole time? Oh, no. (laughs) No, no. No, no. Uh, But uh, he may have only agreed to help out just so she doesn't keep trashing his apartment. (laughs) This may be the case. The best reason. It Anybody else reason. got sick of that promo? Oh God! <laughs> uh, like, yeah, they played yeah, that a lot. Yeah, it was like the only tsunami bump we really got, isn't it? Other than the up next, yes. up next, then that's kind of it. Yeah. 
I kind of wish they had like made a sustaining promo by then. <laughs> I wish they had made like even like later on be right back and like not even a little clip from the film. Just that's it. I, I would have loved something, but if yeah. if it was really too long, but you know, it, or even just the word tsunami pop up on screen and go to commercial. Yeah, it was. So let's. I think we talked enough about these episodes. They're good so far. Building yeah. things. It's it's interesting. Uh, I really love the show. I really love what Kenji and Shinji are doing with it. I think it's great. I had this thought, because I saw that the production number for The Doll Hunt was 101. I thought, huh. So this was actually the first, move, uh, first episode production order-wise. That's probably also why they screwed up and listed uh, 102, 103, and 104 as what would air as, uh, well, it's not actually a mistake because that's the production order. But the, I imagine that the reason why that was the first one produced is because there's so many flashbacks to what happens in this flashback that we see. So they would have to make that before they could use it, right? <laughs> I would think. I think, I guess, because the because of the nature of CG, once you build your models and your environment... Yeah, you'd you know. either have to recreate it, or then that's just you don't you don't do that. <laughs> I don't think you'd have to recreate it, but it's probably easier to work like Back, to work backwards. in chronological order, I guess, because this is technically chronological. If we go, ah, if we pretend yes. the episode doesn't have the part with Joseph and and L, and it's just the hunt, uh, chronologically, that would put it. That that's the very beginning of the series, and the very beginning mm-hmm. of the series in the actual episode one, we see the truck carrying L. So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe they built all that environment and that stuff first, and animated it first, and then decided to put it into episode four. Yeah, I think that's. Uh, I think that might be the reason why it's listed as one hundred and one. Or we could just be all talking out of our asses and have no idea how CG production actually works. <laughs> I mean, it's not unusual for an episode to be produced before others for whatever reason. I just yeah. thought maybe that was the specific reason why they might have done it. Maybe. And I, and I wanted to point that out because I saw that and I wanted to say something. <laughs> this, this is my podcast, doggone. I can bring attention to it if I want to. <laughs> no, of course, of course, of course. All hail the mighty sketch. That's right. That's right. So... <laughs> It was a couple of fine episodes, and we'll see what happens next week and uh, the weeks beyond that. We don't know how many more episodes we're going to get before they really take a break at the end of the year, but at least one. So <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. But there is so much more Blade Runner stuff to talk about. Uh, yeah, we had a Blade Blackout. Runner Palooza on Friday that we've kind of talked about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a special Friday airing of Toonami? Question mark. <laughs> it, it did not start with a Tom and Sarah intro, and it did not end with a later bump. The uh, only Toonami packaging was the Up Nexts, which were done Toonami style and narrated by Her- Howard Parker. Uh, that's literally all the Toonami there was, other than uh, the re- re- replaying promo for episode four of black lotus did you know we have episode four of black lotus coming uh uh not only that 
good old uh, DVRs listing the movie as Blade Runner Black Lotus episode 2049. Oh, I had I had a blast with that. I'm just like, oh, that well, is... I got behind. One piece, eat your heart out. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, Shinji and Kenji and, and the team over at Solo work really fast. Man. I guess so. I wonder they didn't have time on Ghost in the Shell. They, right? they had to make 2,449 episodes. <laughs> well, Blade Runner. Well, as stupid as that is, uh, it might be a good thing because it would probably mean that people who were not aware the movie was airing and had Black Lotus set to record may have recorded the movie inadvertently. That's cool. It was already set to record for me because I actually went out of my way to record it until I found my dad had a a Blu-ray copy and that's kind of what I watched. But it was nice that it was there and I didn't have to fight with it. Watch it in 4K with a big screen. Heck yeah. Yeah, I I could... I I recorded it as well just so I could look at the edits and like remember where they were um, so I could reference them later. But that's it. Like Other than that, please go watch the uncut version. I'm happy it aired on Tsunami, but please go watch the uncut version. Please go watch the uncut version. I have absolutely no idea what the cuts were because I just watched the Blu-ray, but uh, having seen the actual film, yeah, no, I, it's, it's totally worth seeing on its own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is also a film that you probably need to see on the biggest screen possible. You can get your hands on if you can because... They really nailed that point home by making all the text really small. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they oh, definitely yeah. did. It's like the total remember, opposite of Avengers. <laughs> I remember when I saw that in the theater. Queens! Like, oh, man. Like, <laughs> this is one of those movies where they're like, no, you really need to see this on a big screen. <laughs> I, huh? I saw that movie in, in theaters as a double feature with... Uh, the original Blade Runner was so Ooh, that's cool. a way to do it. That was so much fun. It was like a one-night-only thing, and I was like, took the night off from work. I'm doing this. Yeah, I rewatched Blade Runner the night before I watched 2049, so I was pretty close together, but not that close together. Dang, that would be pretty yeah. cool. That was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that movie. But uh, Blade Runner 2049 is one of those cool-ass movies. And it was really... The one thing I will say, the one thing that was really fun was just watching everybody on Twitter talk about it. Uh, who was watching it on Toonami at the same time. And also, some it was very clear that, I guess, some people were very lost in the movie. I'm not going to call out names, but like there were a lot of people who were like confused as to who people were. Like, who's the child? And like the, the movie wants you to think it's... Can we get into spoiler territory, I guess? Yes, for, absolutely. Okay, the movie's like four, like four or five years old now at this point, so spoilers, everybody. But, like, the movie's supposed to trying to make you think that Ryan Gosling is the kid who went missing, who is Rachel and Harrison Ford and Deckard's child, excuse me. <clears throat> and, um, and like, I saw people online who were like, wait, why, did he, why does he think he's the kid? But, 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 or, like, who's the kid? Wait, they had another kid? Who's the parents? And I was just like, are you guys not watching the movie? <laughs> Look, yeah, it, like... it, 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 it's... Not that complicated. <laughs> it really isn't, no. It, well, but, it, yeah. it threw me for a loop when the twist hit, but it wasn't that hard of a twist. It's like, oh, okay, I see what happened here. Yeah. Yeah, I was quickly rewatching it right before this. I'm like, none of this is confusing. It all makes sense. The Twitter comments were, I was, I was dying. 
Although people <laughs> did observe certain things, like someone pointed out, like, why is the Soviet Union still around? It's like, wow. well, because Blade Runner, Blade Runner happened in 1982 when the when the uh, Soviet Union was still around. And no, know they no reason to assume like that things would later. change. Yeah, who, who'd have thunk they would have fallen? You know, nine years later, uh, so they get to still exist. At least in there. In 2049, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like some people that watched it on Friday night also maybe had not seen the original Blade Runner. I think, oh, while well, I wouldn't say it's required viewing, it really helps to set the tone. Yeah. I, I mean, like, look, I, there was no way I could ever watch 2049 without seeing the original Blade Runner, but I just... I can't imagine why you'd want to watch 2049 without watching the original. Amen to that. Like, it, yeah, it, uh, we were just saying how Black Lotus isn't really connected. This is totally connected to the hip. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Deckard's literally in the film. <laughs> I mean, you can watch it without knowing. This but, movie like... was birthed from Blade Runner. Ooh. <laughs> Well, I mean, you could watch it without it, but you'd be missing so much context about, I mean, you know, the he, emotional context of, of, you know, why any of this matters. I don't, yeah, but basically, like, the only thing I feel like is, because I feel like you can get the context of, like, Rachel and Deckard's relationship. That's really the only thing that really carried over from right. the previous movie into this one. But, like, even that, I'm like... That is such a huge component, part of the core, the emotional core of the movie. I'm like, uh, you'll get it on a conceptual so level, but it won't hit as hard because you yeah, won't it just, really it, it know. Won't. You'll you'll be told, oh, they were a thing. Okay, well, well, but you won't know the feeling of what that thing was. You just kind of, oh, they were a thing. Yeah, because I guess I guess if you don't know anybody, you're just like, oh, they were just a couple. It's like, no, they <laughs> went through some shit together. Absolutely, like. It was more than, oh, they, they met each other and they were just like, oh, they're happy. No, they like, they were completely different. And uh, 2049 very smartly doesn't answer the question of Deckard, if, if Deckard is a replicant or not. Um, I would say and, that it implies heavily he wasn't, given the fact that they're making a big deal of the, of the child being half human, half replicant. But Well, I, I think that's just... Nexus. No, I don't think they said it was half human. They just said it I was. I think they're emphasizing the fact the that the replicant gave birth. Gave birth not That's necessarily true. That was like That's true. Yeah. Yeah. There's no. There's no implication that it's a hybrid of any kind. It's just, oh, a Nexus Seven, which was made by Tyrell, you know, as a so, prototype, gave birth. Theoretically, Deckard is another creation by Tyrell who was destined or intended to meet Rachel. And form a relationship and have a baby. He could be. You know, he, like Wallace Jr. very much implies that. And uh, Deckard very much shoots him down going, I know what's real. But that doesn't mean anything, I guess. <laughs> I mean, you could yeah. definitely go either way. I just feel like it's heavily implied, but it's, you're right. It doesn't actually say anything. <laughs> Is doesn't, that real? No. I don't know. Ask him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> From mudgeony old Harrison Ford at his best here. Oh God, this is her eyes even, were green. This was I'm not even very joking. well done this by him. This is like Harrison Ford's like best performance in a movie ever. It's oh so yeah, good. totally. I wouldn't go that far, but it's one of his best for sure. 
I think because like, look, there's there's something because Deckard's not a typical Harrison Ford character. Uh, you know, we all think of Han Solo. We think of you know Indiana Jones, this guy who's like kind of a suave, you know, cool guy. Deckard is not that, and and the way Harrison Ford like stretches doing Deckard. It's it's a role that's very much outside his like comfort zone of like the thing he usually gets typecast as, and it's it's I think it it between these two films like he gives his best performance in in these these movies. Yeah, he's a beat down schlub. Yeah, oh yeah, no, he <laughs> yeah. does a damn good job. No question there. Um, that's my obviously that's my opinion. I th- I I love his performance in both of these movies. Um. But yeah, boy, Blade Runner 2049 airing on Tanami, that sure was cool with all the non-digital bikinis. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't Which get them. How did they censor Joy? Because I didn't actually see the broadcast version. They're just a mosaic. It's uh, a pixels. Like uh, over her the entire time? Yeah. Oh every time there was nudity. Anytime. It wasn't oh. just Joy. It was the statues. It was... I was surprised they didn't blur out Joy when she was up on the roof. Because um, you can kind of see through her her dress. I was surprised that they did not censor that. Mm. Or maybe they blurred it a little bit subtly compared to the, the mosaic that we usually see. But yeah, it was, it was a little odd. It seems odd. One way to do it. A, yeah. a little over the top to be blurring the statues, but... <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> they blurred out the statues. Those Greek statues, what are you going to do? Man, they're just, they're just too lewd. Can't show nips. Too lewd. Too hot Too for much TV. boob. Yep. Much boob. And you know how much we love boob? Especially side boob. Not on basic cable. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, the old HBO days. <laughs> well, HBO is not basic cable. That's a very that's premium cable, sir. Uh-huh. Uh, I know, sir. I used to work for the cable basic company. cable when you scramble it, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thunderstorms were a blessing back then. But mm-hmm. I, I don't know, man. Like I, I'm so happy it aired on Tsunami, but it, it I, it's so so weird to watch it without. The original, and I feel kind of bad for people who saw this one first. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a fair, fair statement to make. Like, it does stand on its own, uh, much as I've just been saying otherwise. But I do feel like it's way better with the original. Yeah, it's like they're they're companion pieces. They do they do mm-hmm. complement each other very well, and I. Um, you know, and and if you saw it on Toonami first, I'm happy you saw it. Period. But please go watch it on cut, and please go watch the original if you haven't seen it. Please, please. And the Super original important. is currently sitting on Netflix if you haven't seen it. Oh, it is. Oh, why? I, that's Ooh. how I rewatched it because my dad's copy again is a laserdisc, and we don't have a laserdisc player hooked up, so I had to go yeah. find it. I think both Ooh. are on HBO Max. Put it on it. Put it on HBO Max. Oh, I'm always going to root for HBO Max. It was on HBO Max. I don't know yeah, if it still it was is. Too. Yeah, twenty forty nine is definitely right on there because that's where I was. Oh yeah, it's a, oh yeah. No, I wouldn't be surprised there. if twenty forty nine is on there. I just know that the original is, is sitting on Netflix. 
the original is also I'm looking right at it. It's on HBO Max as well, oh, and it's the go. final cut. Okay, cool. Oh yeah, no, Netflix had the final cut as well. Again, it's it's much harder to watch anything that's not the final cut. <laughs> I am so used. To, I've seen it like twelve different ways at this point. I just it's all jumbled at this point. Yeah, I described. I last time I was on the show talking about Blade Runner, I described like my experience with it, and like the movie really didn't click with me until I saw the final cut because I watched every cut of it leading up to the final cut, and I was like, "What is? Why is this movie such a big deal? I don't get it." And then I watched the final cut. I'm like, "Oh my god, this movie's amazing." I I the first one I saw was the original director cut and it, that one worked for me just fine. But I I'm gonna definitely say I've enjoyed the additional changes and whatnot over the years. Yeah. But you know, at least you can watch all five of them if you have that old Blu-ray set. And this is true. But yeah, yeah, it's on Blu-ray. It's on iTunes. It's on HBO Max. Apparently, it's also on Netflix. Go watch the original. Go watch 2049, please. 2049 is uncut on HBO Max, so if you go watch it there. Yes, no digital bikinis, folks. No, no mosaics. Digital, no digital mosaics, yeah. And that, I wish we got digital bikinis. That would have been yeah, we sick. Get, get some Alfina treatment going on. That'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> or some, some of that Gundam treatment. Oh, God. <laughs> Did they do it on Gundam? Uh, G Gundam. Uh, yeah, G Gundam. Oh, G Gundam. When, okay. when Rain got captured... And I was thinking of Shinji Mui when I Gundam. think of the digital bikini. Because yeah, that's same. the originator, obviously. Yes, of course. Back with those really archaic editing machines that were very slow and expensive. <laughs> yep. Now it's quite simple to probably do that. Well, okay, that's not entirely true. It's actually still kind of hard. <laughs> yeah. Especially you if your job is to it. get it, you know, all of it. And like, oh, I missed a frame. Well, now you're in trouble. <laughs> well, yeah, it's more. Yeah, it's basically like just painting. I mean, obviously it's painting over, but you have to paint over every single frame. And there's like, unless it's like stationary, there's no real way to track that. Mm. So you have to like kind of just painstakingly one by one, by one frame by frame. Draw it every time. Hmm. <sighs> Or inside information, folks. Uh, just Jose explained that technical side of that. It's it's a curse. <laughs> <laughs> but we love you for it, Jose. We really do. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. The movie was so I don't know. It was it was fun to watch all the Twitter comments though. Uh, I'm gonna try to go look through, see if I find any favorites. <laughs> Probably not gonna find any, but I'm gonna see. Wow, these yeah. credits are tiny. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah, they uh, well, they yeah. sure were, and they went by pretty fast. Purposely so. Oh, and the movie did trend. I remember that. The movie did trend. Oh, good. To see so that. that's good. I can see but... that. Oh, we got to talk about that visual effect shot of Rachel. That, oh, man. That shot of Rachel... Uh, like that when I saw that in the theater, it threw me off. I was like, "Wait, what? No!" Uh, it took me a minute. I thought it was a double for a minute there. I was like, "This is this can't be like this is just a double, right?" 
And it's like, no, it's CG. I'm like, how did you? It's one of those shots that breaks your brain. It's a CG human. And CG humans are like the hardest thing ever to pull off. And they did it so well. It's it's crazy how amazing that shot looks. In uh, for those of you that don't know, the shot of Rachel, um, played by Sean Young in the original, is comes back literally looking exactly the same as thirty years ago, which uh, you know, kind of impossible for everybody except for Paul Rudd, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she looks exactly the same, and like the work they did for the. Um, the actor who was standing in for Rachel, uh, they like replaced her face and it like looks exactly like, and it, it doesn't, it doesn't break your, it doesn't go into the uncanny Valley and it doesn't break the illusion. Like it's flawless. It, it's the most flawless, like digital human I've ever seen. And she's on screen for maybe like five minutes. <laughs> And it was probably the most expensive part of the movie. <laughs> maybe. I, I Well, maybe. Uh, but, like, I mean, digital humans are so hard. Remember, like, what was it, uh, General Tarkin in oh, Rogue in One? Rogue One. They did a decent job, but it does have moments where you're like, ah. He's in the movie the whole time. Like, he's not just, like, a bit player. He's there for, like, so much of it. And it's also, like... Like he stands out. He just does. He does. He really does. Like there are there are moments where it really works, but he's there so often that there's enough moments where it doesn't that it's you're just like eh. They also threw in a uh, de aged Carrie Fisher in that movie at the end. She was also CG. Yeah. Like it that's, was, that's it was what I meant by that. and it was a double. Yeah. And and the CG um Carrie Fisher just doesn't it, also that one off. really doesn't work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. so it's not yeah and that's rogue one rogue one probably definitely had a bigger budget than 2049 and 2049 like just schooled both of them in a five with a five minute shot uh yeah very I, I love that i also love when people were freaking out during the uh the joy and mariette and um K threesome. <laughs> <laughs> so she can she can phase over the face, but not the hair. <laughs> I think because the hair is a different length. Uh, could be. But so hey, I ain't complaining. Out. I like redheads. Oh yeah, <laughs> so you actually do have a type sketch. Uh, yeah. <laughs> How do you not it know this so about funny. me? It was funny. Well, you never. The comments. <laughs> you never make those comments, sketch. He's he's made comments about Nami before I remember. Oh yeah, man, I must have been missing something. Well, then again, you know, I have made so many debaucheries, dang old comments over the Twitterverse that they probably overscaled everybody else. What What do you think of the debauchery of the AI slash dual replicant threesome scene? <laughs> All I can say was, you know, sparks are really flying in this, sir. Oh my! You got a real special lady there. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I mean, Speaking of visual effects, that scene is crazy, and I still—it's been explained to me a few times how it's been done, and it still doesn't make sense. I don't understand how they did it. It's kind of crazy looking. Yeah, the way it's just it the keeps, fact that 
they kind made of fading between their faces. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa this is weird. Well, they're also just not like one of the things is the scene where their hands are together. Oh, um, yeah. They have obviously, so the, the actresses have different sized fingers. Um, so they don't, they actually don't sync up, if you notice. Like, I think um, Mariette is a little taller and her fingers actually go through uh, Joy's fingers. And it's like kind of weird, like, to like, kind of wrap her brain around it you're like oh i could do that in after effects you just change the opacity it's like no they're they're you can see through one of the other characters like not just through them to into the background but through them into the back of them into the back of their hologram and then the environment behind them which means you had to get a clean plate but how do you get a clean plate of someone's insides it's like ah this doesn't make any sense they were literally melting into each other it's a it's a crazy <laughs> shot. It, those shots are so crazy, and it's just uh, Joy herself like is also a really big achievement because again, it's a character you can see through, but not just see the background through. Like it's it, it's more to it than that. It's so weird to like explain to people. It's like one of those effects that breaks your brain. Yeah, yeah. It, it does leave you a little bit perplexed. Like it gets really weird, get... but it's it's interesting. It is. No, yeah. I mean, there's a reason why that movie won best visual effects. Yeah, it's, it's almost as interesting as like the whole concept of joy and the technology that it's presenting. Like she can, you can hear her footsteps. The rain falls on her. Like that's crazy technology. <laughs> It's also, I mean, it's obviously not perfect because, like, one of the things is that the hands are floating constantly. Mm -hmm. So, like, they they can't actually touch each other. Um, Sometimes the rain will still go through her and she has to, like, in real time kind of change her character model into someone who is getting wet and just kind (laughs) of approximate. (laughs) Yeah. Somebody getting wet. In the rain. <laughs> in the rain. Okay. Gosh, that uh, that that line that she that uh, Mariette gives afterwards, like I've been inside of you. There's not much there. Oh, yeah. yeah. She was. Hollering. Oh, you like fake girls? <laughs> oh, you don't like real girls. I love that line. Also, like, this is such an interesting movie to show to this Tsunami audience. Like, okay, I'm going to make a generalization, but I, I feel like a, a lot of the Tsunami audience is a general anime audience, and you got your waifus. Uh, and this is a movie where there's a literal waifu. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. Uh, and if you didn't cry when she died, you're a monster. Uh, I think if you God. did cry, and then you got to the scene where... Uh, you look like a good Joe, and you weren't immediately angry with yourself. You need to reflect on who you think. <laughs> <laughs> that movie kind of told a lot of people to fuck off and join reality. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> the real world sucks, uh, I love that. I love that scene, by the way. Obviously, we'll mention Roger Deakins' cinematography, but that that scene with the giant hologram of joy at the end of the movie, telling you look like a good Joe, and just like, oh. it's all fake, what am I doing? 
that realization of like, I need to do something real. I need to stop thinking I'm fucking special because I'm not. Um, and it's just, oh, it's such a good moment. It, oh, I love, I love this movie so much. Oh, I love you that scene. Thought you were the child. You did. You imagined it was you. You did. You did. We all imagined it was us. Well, <laughs> she stuck her memories inside my head. Yeah, it's not exactly his fault here. <laughs> yeah. But, well, I guess the question is how many uh, replicants have that memory? That's a good That's question. That's a very good question. He seems to be the only See, one to find the horse. <laughs> he was the only one to find the horse, but he was also the only one with access to police records. Um and access to that little DNA machine. So he could find out, obviously, like, hey, the records where, like, people have identical DNA, that, that's impossible. But mm-hmm. I guess the other one is, well, okay, on, on her end, she could be putting that memory in a bunch of different people. She could be. Yeah, and a bunch of different replicants, not people, sorry. Um, well, they're people, they're just... They're, they're people. They're just made people. They're just made people. But, but remember, uh, a replicant be more can be more human than human. More human than human is our motto. Yes. <laughs> more than meets the eye. Do, That's a different do, motto. Do, do. <laughs> it's a different motto. So you're saying <laughs> yeah. that they're robots in disguise? <laughs> they're not robots. <laughs> they're not robots. That was another thing. I, people were like. Why are they robots? They're not robots. They're not robots. robots. They they bleed. <laughs> they bleed. They have organs. They're artificial humans. Yeah. They're clones. They're basically kind of clones, but they're basically like they're machines that have augmented strength, but they're human. It's hard to describe, but basically that's what they are. Is there any metal inside of them? Uh, I do not think so. They're no, really they're not silver hearts, man. No, they're they're organic. Mm-hmm. They're farm grown, organic made, and they come <laughs> out real goopy. Yeah, yes, they do. <laughs> so, could you really say they're test tube dummies? Uh, yeah, for the Star Wars fans two. out there, we're saying they're strand casts. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Planet Camino. Yeah, but yeah, I really. I just I, I was kind of wondering if if the audience of Toonami would would take anything away from Joy and uh, and that scene at the end and from what I saw in the Twitter comments nope <laughs> okay guys time to go touch grass oh boy <laughs> you can actually touch grass for the record grass can be touched you can't yeah. touch it in in 2049 uh, hilariously is, i actually uh, legitimately have an allergy to, to grass i'm not even kidding <laughs> i'm pretty sure i do too but uh, okay everyone except lizard sketch <laughs> <laughs> yeah. depends on what kind of grass we you're talking about free, uh, sage grass specifically in my case <laughs> I, I guess in 2049 you have to settle for touching dirt touch the dirt <laughs> It's good. Well, no, you dude, know, we, we farm dirt. So somebody's touching dirt. <laughs> Touch sand. Touch sand. But I don't like sand. It's gorgeous. <laughs> it gets everywhere. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> but it makes glass, though. It does. And we all we all made we all made the exact same joke. <laughs> yeah, it, it's almost like we're a bunch of nerds in here. 
Yeah, almost. Uh, almost. Almost. <laughs> almost. Just as if. Just as if. Oh, boy. But, uh, yeah, uh, that's 2049. Fucking amazing movie. <laughs> it is very good. I definitely enjoyed I, it. I really, really I, uh, enjoyed it. I stopped uh, caring about cursing. Sorry, everybody. That's, Dude, you're on a dope right. podcast now. It's not been a cast. I'm almost as bad, if not worse, than you, so you're not going to get a complaint from me. Have you not been a cast? How did no cursing roll? Uh, yeah, I I wanted it to be that way so that it could possibly have a bigger reach, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> the fact it. that we keep bringing attention to it is the problem. If we did bring attention to it, then nobody would notice. I'd just be like, oh, okay, this is a great podcast. Uh, they keep cursing with the dolphin noises. Nice edit, by the way. That. <laughs> <laughs> Those are sinus enhancers, dude. Um, but... <laughs> yeah. I, I do want to talk about the baseline test, because that is so creepy. Oh, that is just like, <laughs> what is he even supposed to do? I don't understand. Answer immediately without emotion. Yeah. That's Do they what keep I you in a little box? <laughs> like, oh. It was, I feel like it's an evolution of the Voight comp tests a little bit, where, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, you're not showing emotion. You're not showing emotion. You answer immediately. You're not late. Like, there's a, there's a baseline that you need to be operating at. And if you exceed that threshold, you have emotions. You are becoming a little more human. You might start questioning things. All right, you got to go. Sorry. Retirement time. Yeah. It's, uh, it's just so disturbing that you're basically always on the edge of being a problem. That's it's no way to live. I don't, know if, I don't know if they could do that to all replicants. They probably just do it to, like, the cops. That would make sense. Because, like, you need, you know, like, I guess uh, to to bring it, to bring somewhat a little bit of a reality to it, like, when an officer discharges a weapon, usually they they are discharged um, themselves. They, like, they, they leave the force for a little while to get, they either have to attend mandatory psychiatric treatment or um, mandatory leave of some kind. From my understanding, that's how usually uh, police officers operate. That's how it's supposed to work, anyway. Yeah, doesn't know. I I don't know if it always works that way, but it's supposed to. It doesn't. It doesn't always. (laughs) I don't even get it. I I believe the phrase is "in theory." That's correct. Yeah. (laughs) No. But the difference here is you're not just. not working you are going to be disposed of and also in this case you are stronger than probably everybody who is your superior so they have they like have no choice but to keep you in check that's true uh again it's uh it's a a crummy way to live i guess but Speaking, sorry, speaking of 2049, I'm going to tie this back to Black Lotus, actually. So something I thought of today while I was watching Black Lotus is what if L is a prototype for love? Ooh. Oh, maybe. That could make they sense. Kinda, 
they look similar. They're not exact. Obviously, they're not exactly the same, but they look a little. Similar. I'm the best one. Yeah. <laughs> also, it was quite a boast before she got murdered. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She uh, she was very determined to prove she was the best one. Yeah. That poor thing. I feel almost sorry for love. Um, everybody thought that she was the villain. I'm like. She's not really the villain. She has no choice. Mm-hmm. And she is, you know, she feels like she has to do these things. And she also, the scene when she is killing uh, Madam, like, and she's crying, you can tell that she actually, like, it's one of those moments where she's conflicted and she's like, she has those moments of conflict of like, I don't, I have these feelings of humanity these she i mean she hits on k she she has these feelings of humanity when she's murdering madam like it it's it's this weird conflict i feel inside of her that she she never has the chance to really resolve and all she she thinks that the best thing to do is to just be the best for uh wallace and it's just kind of a sad a very sad character mhm Bless her heart. Well, she's dead now, so. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> she has been retired. Yeah. Huh, by a Blade Runner, no less. <laughs> yeah. A Blade Runner who was off duty. Oh. That's gotta, yeah. <laughs> that's off duty. Suck. Off duty Blade Runner. <laughs> uh, and she had kidnapped a retired Blade Runner. <laughs> Yeah, she did. Can we, we talk about uh, where Deckard's being <laughs> hanging out in uh, a post-apocalyptic uh, Las Vegas? That was uh, that was something. That was I something. love that he's in Vegas. I love that he's in Vegas. Actually, well, you know what they say about Vegas? What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Maybe that's why he went. Yeah, mm. that dog stayed there. That dog did stay there. Oh, who's going to take care of the dog? Poor dog. Oh. I mean, for all we know, the dog goes right back there after. I mean, why not? I don't. I was no. I don't. I don't know if he goes right back there. I'm like throwing. Find him. I don't know. I think uh, Deckard says hi to his daughter and then leaves again. Well, yes, that's my assumption as well. Or I well, I don't know. He's dead. Uh, you know, yeah, according to the manifest. Officially, he is dead, so no one's going to chase him down no matter where he goes, because he's dead. I guess, but like, I don't know. I feel like Wallace would probably... I don't know. He seems rich enough to find finance a scuba diving team to make sure to find all the bodies. <laughs> probably. Rich enough, but does he care enough? Oh, he probably I, does. He cares. That's he totally true. cares. He really wanted to reproduce those le- replicants, so... Oh, that's yeah. true. They can't make them fast enough. Well, I suppose we, that there's room for... Uh, he wants to start space colonies. Blade Runner well, 2069? <laughs> Maybe not that title. <laughs> oh, I know no. what I did. Don't worry. You should be ashamed of yourself. Nice. I'm not. I'm not. Nice. Nice. Yeah, no, it would have uh, to be 2079 because <laughs> if we're doing these in 30-year increments, 
Yes, yes. If you were going to actually do it that way, that would be how you'd do it. 2079 has a nicer ring to it. It does. It yeah. does. I was making That's... a dumb joke. I know. But yeah, I would actually. Boy, Bullet Dodge, though, if they ever do make a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> if they if do I'm them in 30, 30 year increments, they, they dodged a bullet. There. They did. But, but like, you know, the whole thing is we, we want replicants to get reproduced. That's why I thought the joke was stupid funny, but, you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the memes. They never end. No, no, they do not. They could just alternatively uh, call it Blade Runner. Nice. Thanks for that. 20 nice. Uh, uh, I am eternally uh, uh, an eight-year-old. I am so sorry, everyone. That's okay. We all are. And we'll get to see Doc, Doc Bazzard as an old man. That's true. We'll get to see Deckard as a really, really old man. Oh, Legitimately, the way that they're constantly making stuff here, I get the feeling we're going to get a follow-up eventually, sooner rather than later. Hmm. I because well, I don't know. I mean, like, because Blade Runner didn't do well in theaters. Like, it just both of them. Neither oh, one did. I well didn't know twenty four nine didn't do well. I knew the original didn't. Yeah, neither one did well in theaters. Um. But again, they seem to like kick ass on home video, and like that's almost better know, in it's... the modern age, though, because um, the home video market is like way bigger at this point. I mean, if if you if if you if you're including digital, yes, it yes, is. yes, I but um, it's it's kind of weird to think about, like I. That that Blade Runner is this continuing franchise when in reality, like, it's never really done that great. Like, but it has a cult following, though, man. It has a cult following, and it never the name never dies. It's it's a very well beloved sci fi classic that everybody who's into the sci fi genre loves. It's it's well regarded. No, I know it's well regarded, obviously, but like, it's it it, it is weird that they would spend so much money on a franchise that that at least the box office has not seen returns. It is a strange so. uh, choice, but it seems to be the choice they're going with. And I think this has a lot to do with the modern uh, entertainment industry's in, um, insistence on creating cinematic universes after Marvel blew everything up. I think that's what they're trying to do here. I hope they don't do that. I hope they don't <laughs> no. too, but I mean, we've got a new movie that came well, not new in quotes at this point, but we got that. We've got black Lotus. We've got the blackout. We've got a live action show. That does seem to be the direction they want to take it. Well, maybe the live it's... action show will be a sequel to 2049. Could be. I think who, who, well, who yeah, the Blade Runner franchise. Yeah. Now I think it's Alcon. Yeah. Alcon. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I think Alcon owns it now or it, it's weird. Cause Blade Runner's, um, Blade Runner, the original movie, is owned by the Blade Runner Partnership. And I guess they had to give their blessing on everything Blade Runner. Um, so it's kind of weird how the rights work for that franchise. It's not like a studio owns it. It's just distributed by Warner Brothers, for those of you that uh, Yeah, yeah. Hmm. And now Sony as well. <laughs> yeah, I forgot that Sony was involved in that movie. Yeah, something I need to get on that thing so I can go ahead and get some better stock options. Sony also like it's it's kind of weird now that they ended up owning Crunchyroll, um, so yeah. like the 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 divvied up franchise <laughs> distribution of Blade Runner is 
again happening where like Crunchyroll distributes part of it and uh, you know uh, Adult Swim distributes the other part of it and then the 2049 it was like well Warner Brothers is distributing it in the states and then Sony internationally it's like oh, that's weird how that worked out again that is really weird yeah well dum-dum, that's what happened. one me this time <laughs> I think that's like my router it keeps making this weird sound <laughs> I, I keep waiting to hear the joy noise. Dun, dun. It's okay. Which is, uh, what, what is, is that? Is there anything to talk about with 2049? I feel like Peter. I think uh, we've mined that one pretty, yeah. pretty well. Well, we didn't really touch on the plot so much, but eh, whatever. I mean, you, you watched it. it. I assume the people and if you have it, it, go watch it. Yes. Yeah. Ryan Gosling's character is a Blade Runner who's a replicant, and he uh, uncovers something that nobody wants to get out, and has to, you know, put the pieces together. Interesting mystery. Pick up the pieces. There you go. There you go. I remember when this movie was coming out, everyone's like, oh, God, Ryan Gosling is Harrison Ford's son, isn't it? Isn't he? <laughs> well, no, they want you to think that. They really want you to think that. I did uh, like how they leaned into him thinking that Decker was his father. So he's like, so do you ever think about going to see the kid? <laughs> <laughs> Not really. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. As he sits there dying on those steps looking up at the snow, I thought, man, I was I was laying it on thick there for no reason. <laughs> but I think I think that was no, my I only think... thing with that ending is just like, man, he doesn't get much for that ending, does he? He just kinda sits there and for all we know dies in the snow. Well, he well, had but... already come to the decision that uh, reuniting them was worth his life. Yep. Yeah, I mean, like, he died for the right cause. is oh, the yeah. most human thing he could do. And that, he found his humanity in doing the right thing and, and dying for that cause. And because he got to witness a miracle. Like, the, the two most important lines said to him in the movie are by Sapper Barton and, uh, I, for, I forget her name. The, the lady Frasier? from Success. Fraser, thank you. You're you're happy scraping the shit because you've never seen a miracle and dying for the right cause is the most human thing we can do. And he he witnessed a miracle. He witnessed that he could be human, that he found his humanity. And at that point, you know, he just he doesn't have a reason to keep going. He achieved it. That's true. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the end of his story. It's it's similar to Roy Batty. Roy Batty. You know, like he wanted more life and then realizing how precious it is, you know, kind of had so much more to give. But also at the end of it, just like he felt like he didn't have the right to take it from anybody else. So he just he just left on his own terms. Yeah. Long pause. Yeah. Oh, sorry, we're, man. I, I just dun, got dun, it. Dun, dun. We're gonna let that. We're gonna let that point just breathe. I guess. 
that's that's what we're going with. Jose knows how to capture the audience, folks. Yeah, but yeah, I, I it's don't a great know. film. I, People should see it if they didn't. Uh, yeah, like, obviously, but, you need to watch it. Yeah, we've said it like a bajillion times. Please go watch it. Go uh, watch also, watch it. Blackout. <laughs> Blackout. Blackout. Made a lot more sense to me after I watched 2049 than before. Well, they keep referencing this thing called the blackout. And now we have a better understanding of what it what it was and all entailed and the purpose of it. And we get to see it play out very stylishly in a very, yeah, very um, cool short. One of the cool things about it is that uh, Shinji Aramaki was the spinner designer. He he designed the spinner for the mo- for the short, and he's now the director on one of the directors on uh, Black Lotus. Uh, so, what is the spinner? The flying car that uh, the cops uh, drive around. Oh, you know, it did look a lot like the one that we see in Black Lotus. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's also the the one from the movie, but like, yeah, Shinji Aramaki, One of the things that obviously he's very much known for is mecha design. I mean, he did uh, the designs in Maspita, um, which we know over here is Robotech. Uh, he did designs on... I'm trying to remember other stuff he's designed for. I think he did designs on, like, Bubblegum Crisis. So he's of done, course. like, a lot of, like, really good, like, you know, mecha work. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, the perfect guy to design the anime version of the spinner. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. And yeah. we all know that he was obviously very much influenced by Blade Runner. <laughs> Apparently being one of five people to ever see that movie in a theater. Ooh. At least in Japan. <laughs> Possibly in the world. <laughs> I'm an old man, but even I was like one years old when that thing came out, so I didn't see it in theaters. No, I did not see it in theaters. I actually saw it somewhere. I can't remember now. Uh, that movie Nobody is saw it in theaters. Free sketch. <laughs> I saw Just, that movie was pre Jose. Because I'm old, but I'm not old enough to have seen it in theaters. Uh, I watched it on cable, which is. Uh, and I watched the, the theatrical cut, which I hate. Oh, the theatrical like cut's that. so bad. It's really uh-huh. bad. <laughs> Though it does provide one bit of context on the word skin job, which is supposed to be the, according to Deckard's narration, it is the equivalent of the N word. For replicants, oof. I mean, I wow. think with con- it makes the, that that fits within context, but yeah, yeah. But but here's the thing, though. Like when Harrison Ford is narrating, he says N word without saying N word. Mm. Yeah. So yes, that's another reason why that theatrical cut is just awful. Like, uh, why would you make Harrison Ford say that? Yeesh. So another reason to watch the. Final cut. Don't watch. Don't watch the theatrical version. No, never watch the ad. No matter what version you pick, anything but the theatrical version is. is yeah, no. Don't ever do the theatrical version. Not even once. If you not think once. you want to hear Harrison Ford narrate this thing, you are wrong. Wrong. Yeah. Because <laughs> he, he doesn't he narr- even do it charismatically. <laughs> he uh, he was also the narrator in Call of the Wild, which I watched with my parents like a few months ago, and he has not improved. Oh no! <laughs> Should have had Morgan Freeman, James Earl Jones. Yeah. Well, but he's also in the movie. Mm-hmm. He, he's it's similar to Blade Runner, where he's in the movie and he's also narrating, and it's like 
We have not learned anything. Why would you make this movie with Harrison Ford narrating? Also, why would you make this movie with CGI dog? But that's beside the point. <laughs> oh, boy. My mom thought it was real. <laughs> wow. I blew her mind when I showed her the behind the scenes. I'm like, no, the dog was fake, mom. She was like, what? Wow. Oh, my God. <laughs> I think she got physically ill. <laughs> Why you do your mama like that, Jose? That's wrong, man. Well, she needs she to like, know the truth. Wow, this is such a good trained dog. I'm like, no. <laughs> it is not. <laughs> the dog seem a little too expressive, mom? I'm like, no, it's just a good actor. <laughs> yeah, the dog knows how to act. Totally. Yeah, yeah. totally. Totally. Don't know how to act. So a freaking canine. They have to be trained. Yeah, it knows how to, you know, furl its brows to look angry and determined. Arr. Yeah. That totally knows how to do that on command. Okay. Um, but yeah, black, black, Blackout. Blackout. Uh, directed by Shinichi Watanabe, the great Shinichi Watanabe, who did Bebop, Champloo, Dandy. Um, Music by Flying Lotus. Music by Flying Lotus. Actually, I think that was the beginning of their their relationship because he went on to direct uh, the music video for oh, I forget the name of it. It was for Flying Lotus's. Um, Someone put a Yasky. Oh, I won't forget. It wasn't for the Yasky soundtrack, was it? No, 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 no. no, it was no. The soundtrack. It was like for Flying Lotus, like his his. Um, I can't remember the name of the song, man. Yeah, I can't remember it either, and I like sing it all the time. Is it called More? Yes, More. Thank you. More. Yeah. He directed the music video for More. Ah. And then uh, Flying Lotus would go on to do music for Carolyn Tuesday. Speaking of Carolyn Tuesday, I can't help but feel like uh, Trixie, the the girl in this, looks a lot like Tuesday. Yeah, she's very much precursor Tuesday. Yeah. That was a great freaking anime. Absolutely. I I mean, the music was like freaking great, man. Every time on Tuesday or Lotus. Or not Lotus, uh, Black Well, Carol and Tuesday, but, you know, Flying Lotus. Applies to both. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, That's Watanabe. If you say, like, oh, the music's great in that anime, you don't know which one he's talking about. (laughs) Throw a dart at the wall. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yes, Carol and Tuesday is also awesome. Go watch it on Netflix. They dropped season two on Christmas Eve, and that show never had a chance, man. That was a bad idea. Nobody watched it. I'm so mad. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. We, yeah, yeah. This this short, uh, we mostly see how the uh, blackout uh, plays out uh, involving... These two characters, Iggy, a replicant that used to be a soldier who was fighting on a planet called Kalantha, and he uh, realized that everything is bullshit when he found out that the people he was killing on the other side were also replicants. So it was just toy soldiers killing each other for whatever reason. Uh, He uh, befriends another replicant, Trixie, the girl who looks like Tuesday. And the two of them are involved in uh, doing some of the groundwork for the blackout. So Trixie also befriends a guy named Ren, who's a human, 
who is uh, he is sympathetic to their plight. Yeah, he's a he's a technician in charge of launching nuclear missiles, and he's also a replicant sympathizer. You you see a, a little scene with him and Trixie getting to know each other. <laughs> yeah, and uh, my understanding is the goal here is to wipe out all the electronic data in order to make it much harder for replicants to be found. And we we see that this also plays into hiding the baby in Blade Runner 2049 because all the records can be scrambled and what isn't scrambled is just washed over by the blackout. And uh, it's it's interesting to to see that there are humans that sympathize with the plight of the replicants and feel that they should have a chance to go on living without um, persecution for just existing. But, but of course, there are also many humans that reject replicants and want them gone. One of the cool things that is a little bit of fan service is that Gaff is in this uh, short. Gaff is from the original Blade Runner, played by Edward James Olmos. And yes. um, he, he also voices this character in this short as well. He does. Uh, and he's in 2049 as a very brief cameo. But um, yeah, I just, I really like, uh, he's in it for a little bit and he appears to be in a spinner in the air when the blackout happens. And I remember when I first saw the short because I saw it before the movie came out. I was like, is that a way of explaining why he's not in the movie? And then he shows up in the movie like, oh, thank God he didn't die. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, when that blackout happens, a lot of things fall from the sky. Yeah. It uh, makes makes for a lot of destruction, to be sure. So other Which than... Clearly, they, they learned from in 2049, because uh, <laughs> Kay is able to land the car, the, the spinner, before, you know, when the power gets knocked out of it. Yeah. So other than Edward James almost, uh, there's a bunch of... Sentai Filmworks regulars in this cast. We have Bryson Boggess as Ren, the technician. Lucy Christian as Trixie. And Jovan Jackson as Iggy. And if you haven't heard this guy before, he played the cat in Log Horizon. And also Nyanko Big in Tadakun Never Falls in Love. He also, uh, Iggy at the end, also rips his eye out, the serial number. He does. Because it's the only proof that he's a replicant. Now, he would probably have a hard time explaining to people that he's not a replicant with that missing eye, but. How are they going to prove, prove it? Can't prove it. Like, what are you going to do? White cop test me? Yeah, good luck with that. Yeah, yeah I mean, good luck he could that. just say that he was injured in the blackout. Yeah. You could say yeah. that. You could say that. I mean, you, you could even argue that he was injured when he was a soldier. You could. Of course, that might give away the fact that he's a replicant. Yeah, yeah. he <laughs> probably shouldn't tell people he was a soldier. Yeah. That gave away Sapper Morton, too. Yeah. Ah, oh, man, Sapper Morton. If he had just kept his head low, he might have been all right. But yeah. good on good on him for stopping those awful people from doing very bad things to those women. And what Cost does he get for life, his though. trouble? 
I just got to talk about, I know we're back to 2049 here, but the, like the thud noises when they were fighting in his farm, like these, these are very loud. Yeah. <laughs> he's a, he's a, he's a big heavy guy. <laughs> I like it. I don't know. Yeah. Attention to detail. But yeah. This, this short's really rad. There's a couple of different art styles implemented here. There's kind of the flashback, sequences that are done fairly differently from the rest of it and then there's the majority of it done uh and just solid looking good animation yeah it kind of looks like i guess i mean not to make the point again but yeah it kind of looks like carolyn tuesday again i guess a little bit yeah and then the rough the, the rough flashbacks they look like um kid story from animatrix yeah, a little bit of that style. Uh, also reminded me of the um, the uh, Joker is a farmer sequence from Batman Ninja, <laughs> which might be from the same director. Uh, what Batman Ninja? No. Well, I know that's not Watanabe, but I, I don't think you mean the same animation director. Yeah, the same animation director as that particular scene. I don't think so. Yeah. Where Bat? No, because Batman Ninja was done at David Production, and I and this is, I think, Studio Four Degrees Celsius. Uh, so Batman so. Ninja was not David Production. It was the other studio that's involved in JoJo. Kamikaze Doga. Yeah, Kamikaze they do Doga. the JoJo openings. But okay, sorry. Yeah, that's. Uh, I knew it was one of those. <laughs> But I'm pretty so, sure this was uh, Studio 4 Degrees Celsius, I think. I, I, I guess we just gotta say it. It is unfortunate that the Blade Runner series that we're getting does not look this good. Yeah. <laughs> but mm. that would have been a it's very different. tall order. Yeah, I don't think... I think doing a 2D Blade Runner at this level like because this short like this is a 20 this is a 15 minute short mm-hmm. uh and it's like they got the best of the best animation team out there that they could get yep. and trying to do that you know t- for for 13 episodes hell doing it yeah like it's amazing they even pulled that off with space dandy the first time oh space dandy <laughs> And, and like One Punch Man was another one of those shows that had that, that, at least the first season, had that animation team that was just like the best of the best. Mm-hmm. And trying to do that on Blade Runner, I just don't think would have been possible. And I also just think that because it's it's not it's not Watanabe, it's Kenji and Shinji doing this one. They were they're probably very much like, look, we want to do it in CG. I think they they have something to prove in CG, honestly. That it could be done. That it can be done and it can look good because uh, you know CG anime has kind of a bad name. Has, yeah, it does. But I mean, but if you look at CG technology from the past and now, it really has improved a lot, though. Yeah, it's, it's not just—it's not really the technology that's the problem. It's—it's it's the time and the animation that's—that's that's usually the problem with Japanese productions. They don't have as much time, and they don't have—they didn't have the same experience that American animators had. When, when, like, for example, Pixar was coming up. And we kind of talked about this last time, but, like, Pixar didn't try to replicate 
American 2D animation very much with, with like Toy Story and, and their subsequent films. They kind of went out their own style and that's not the approach that uh, Japan has taken. Japan has kind of tried to make anime look like anime in 3D now and with varying degrees of success. You know, at the very top end of the scale, I think you have stuff like Loop on the Third first. And at the bottom, you have X-Arm. You know, like... <laughs> yeah. It's, it's somewhere That's between okay. there. <laughs> and I, I, think, uh, I think Black Lotus is definitely closer to um, Loop on the Third the first, for sure. Not quite as, quite as high as that, but... Definitely closer to that, and it's it's a huge improvement for Sola. I just I just wish honestly I wish they wouldn't um, rely so much on motion capture. I, I wish there was more more keyframes. Motion capture can be good for various things, but it has its downfalls. It, it's a time issue. Like it's you know it's a hundred percent a time issue. If I think if Sola got to work on something. You know, maybe on season two they'll get more time. I doubt it. I think they'll probably have the same amount of time. But, you know, they they have to work kind of quick. And, you know, they don't have as much time as, like, a, a full-length feature film, which also uses motion capture a lot of the time. Um, you know, they just don't have that kind of time. So for the animator to go in and, like, really look at that motion data and go, okay, here's what we need to fix. And here's what we need to change to make it look good. Well, it makes a good point when you put it like that, Jose. I mean, seriously. Yeah. It's just, it's a, it's always a time issue. It's it's always going to be a time issue because Japan just, I mean, they're rolling out shows. I mean, Sola's working on Ghost in the Shell and Blade Runner at the same time. Those poor guys. So, yeah, that's a big uptaking right now, man. And they sold that Ultraman season that they're working on, too. They got Ultraman as well. So, like, and, and Kenji's about to do, I don't, I don't think the Lord of the Rings movie that he's doing is going to be 3d, but he's about to, he's going to do that pretty soon. It's a lot of work to like to have all at the same time. Oh yeah. Do, does anyone remember if that Lord of the Rings movie is going to be CG or 2d? I feel like it's 2d. I think it's going to be 2d. Uh, I don't recall if it was said, but I got the impression it was probably going to be 3d. Oh, not sure. I think I heard oh. somewhere it was going to be 2D, but you know, I could be wrong. I, I could have sworn I heard Jason say it was going to be 2D, but I don't remember. And he deletes his tweet, so I can't check. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess we'll find out when uh, we find out or re find out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But anyway, the man is very busy. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. Kenji is super busy. Uh, and and so is Shinji. Everyone's like super busy on a lot of stuff. Yeah. Uh, the anime industry is like... I, this is kind of getting off topic at this point, but like, yeah, the anime industry really needs a break. They definitely are producing arguably too many shows a year. <laughs> yeah. But demand is very high. Yeah, that that is true. As long as it's closer to what Uzumaki looks like, I'm okay with it. If it takes a long time. Um, so far, these Adult Swim co-productions have seemed to have fairly healthy production schedules. Yeah, 
which is good because uh, the last thing we need is a show that's rushed out and is crappy for it. Definitely. I had one uh, one thought. It's probably not that likely, but it'd be kind of neat if Iggy showed up in uh, Black Lotus at some point. That would be a very cool cameo. I mean, that would be pretty neat. It's only ten years removed. He would still be alive. Yeah, theoretically, it's plausible. We'll find out soon. Mm-hmm. Anyways, was there anything else? Sorry, the the puppy is trying to get my attention. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> Oh, the puppy alarm's gone off. Oh, oh, my puppy yeah, alarm puppy came officially... off before we started, and I chased it outside. <laughs> the, yeah, the puppy is here. Hold on. Where is she? She's, like, trying to paw at me at my leg. Hi, puppy. I had a couple of them at the door here a minute ago at the sliding uh, door, and I'm just like, I can't let you in. I'm sorry. But she oh, mine's is you. Mine's is here, and she's she's very quiet and whatnot, but she's definitely trying to get my attention, and I think she wants to go for a walk. Ah, yeah. yep. I know that feeling. It's about that time. <laughs> well, that's all right, because I think we have talked plenty. Yeah, we've talked a lot about Blade Runner. About we all of the Blade Runners. Days. You might say we ran the blades. Okay, I'm going to go in my hole. <laughs> we ran the blades really Back into the jail laser. Okay. Oh. We let you out too early. Yeah, that's true. And you quit running you your mouth. What time it is. <laughs> it's true also. Am I crazy? We've been talking for two and a half hours. We have been. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. A little bit less because we so had a bit of a start, but yeah. <laughs> we went on some tangents. Just yeah, bit. seriously. Jesus. Uh, we gotta we gotta put the show to bed. Yeah. So let me do that. <laughs> I was cleaning, baby. You can email us at podcast at tsunamifaithful.com. Follow us on Facebook.com backslash tsunami faithful podcast and on Twitter at tsunami podcast. You can listen to the podcast on just about everything, including iTunes, Google Music, Spotify, Amazon. You can find every episode of the podcast to stream online at soundcloud.com backslash tsunami faithful podcast. And get the latest news by following at Toonami News on Twitter and read the news, views, and reviews on ToonamiFaithful.com. And if you want to help us out, you can subscribe to the Toonami Faithful Pass at Patreon.com backslash Toonami Faithful. And if you are on the Toonami Faithful Pass, you get exclusives like the full versions of the interviews that CJ did for his documentary, What Toonami Means to Me. Okay, Jose! Tell them where they can find you. Uh, you can find me at Arguing Meadows uh, on Twitter, and that's basically it. Uh, I don't have a Facebook anymore, and I don't. I have an Instagram, but I keep that one pretty private. Uh, but wow. yeah, Arguing Meadows on Twitter is the easiest way to find me and get in touch. Uh, also, I'm trying to think if there's anything I can promote that I've worked on. Uh, no, it's all under NDA. No, can't talk about anything. Uh, go, go watch CNN. Got to work on that network, I guess. I, it's the only thing I'm so sad. It's the only thing I can promote every time I come on here. I well, want to promote other stuff, and I can't. Just in case somebody didn't hear about the other things you've been up to lately, you you did do some uh, Naruto I trailers. Some trailer work for Viz. Uh, yeah. yeah, I did two Naruto trailers for Viz, and well, some um, also Osamatsu season two trailer. Uh, which might be the coolest thing I've ever done. I'm nice. very proud of that trailer. I can't believe you got away with some of that. <laughs> I can't believe I got away with a lot of that. 
Um, there was only one thing that they cut. Honestly, there was only one thing that they cut. Everything else I got away with. Yeah, they're very uh, good sports. Yeah, this was very cool about it. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. Uh, I've been doing that. There's nothing else I can talk about. I'm really sad because I, I I am working on a few things that are very cool and very big and definitely are of interest to this show and its um, viewers and listeners, but I can't talk about it. Yes, okay. We someday. Someday in the near future. Someday. <laughs> someday probably someday but not tomorrow point. no i was hoping like by i was hoping i could talk about it this year but nope it's not gonna happen it's okay but that's it that's it oh sorry that's all right uh laser kid tell them where they can find you well, people can find me on twitter at laser kid prime you can find my uh, tsunami focus articles here on tsunami faithful uh you can find me on the dumb weebs podcast when we actually do an episode and you can usually find me on the demon slayer podcast when v lord graciously allows me to guest all right. Speaking of V-Lord, V-Lord. Uh, yeah, people can find me on Twitter at VLordGTZ, and then I write various things for Tsunami Faithful as well as all-comic.com, and then I do a bunch of podcasts, the main one being the Demon Slayer podcast on Twitter at Podcast, where you can listen to me and Laser lately uh, going on tangents while attempting to talk about uh, Demon Slayer Mugen Train arc. Because nothing bad uh, happens on those trains, and nothing new happens. Yeah, nothing on those bad happens either. on the train, and nothing new happens on the train. So <laughs> kind of just meander. What you don't have really, no snakes really... on the train at all? We wish. <laughs> uh, new contents coming soon, though. So yes. less tangents, hopefully. <laughs> hey, Mr. Jarrell, where can they find you? As always, y'all can find me at Ukami underscore Samurai 7 at Twitter.com. And if you want to follow me on my fraternities on Twitter, that's um, at Nasia underscore Rojo. Uh, it's more tame on that. I haven't used it in a while. Social media chair due to the pandemic. We ain't been doing a lot of stuff, so no posting. Um, still on Facebook, but, you know, I, I use it just for shit posting. And that's it. <laughs> Yeah, I really only use Facebook to check for Toonami news these days. <laughs> nah, it's basically to stay in touch with relatives and friends. That's, because that's probably being Facebook. That's just checking on family, really. And basically shit posting. To deal oh, with, good. You know, shit posting is fun. Can't go wrong with that. <laughs> Until Zuckerberg zucks me, man. It did. Oh, <laughs> I've been zucked before, too. <laughs> oh, dude, no. I get all the time, and I didn't even say nothing harmless, dude. They Guys, this, this is getting a little too meta. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, they're thieves anyway, though, man, what they did to meta, so... No. Um, I, I'm glad I deleted my account before that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, jeez. You are a wiser man than I. Yeah, I just wasn't <sighs> using it, and I was just like, you know what? You don't get to have this anymore. I guess be true though. Like, I still have Instagram, which is the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess I didn't stick it to the man that hard. <laughs> yeah, like most of my Facebook stuff is like moving over to WhatsApp, but WhatsApp's also owned by Facebook, so I'm trapped either way. Uh, I refuse to use WhatsApp. Refuse. What a dystopian future we live in. Yeah, Blade Runner's future looked downright happy. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have smartphones and social media in that movie uh, imagine just imagine uh, yeah 
And you can find me on Twitter at Sketch1984. And I have a plug because I recently wrote an editorial that will be going up on TsunamiFaithful.com. Yes! Got the, got the approval from CJ after I stayed up late writing in frustration. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think people will like it. Because I have a lot of thoughts about uh, Toonami lately and wanted to share them. And writing it out felt like a better choice than um, verbal diarrhea on a podcast. <laughs> but there might be some of that still. Speaking of podcasts, uh, we, we don't really have a framework for how many more episodes we're going to churn out the rest of this year. Maybe one or two. Uh, there's a few topics that we've kind of pushed off that we could potentially cover soon, but uh, I, I wouldn't count on us having a new episode every week. We didn't have an episode last week, but it was a holiday, so whatever. <laughs> and uh, Toonami's not exactly giving us a lot of news to talk about. <laughs> How about so. that? Absolution, everybody. It's a really pretty ship. Oh, wait, we're not on the Absolution anymore. Never mind. No, we're on the Forge. Yeah. We're on the Dominion. They're actually having a conversation. I, uh, I think um, who was involved in that conversation? I think Colt was involved in that conversation, and maybe someone else. And we were talking about how they could like build a new absolution on the Forge. You could if they if they wanted to. It'll be interesting. But I don't like the Forge. It's <laughs> it's very big. Maybe a little too big to just be hosting a TV block, but eh. It's, it's it's what it is what it is. It is what it is. Alrighty. <laughs> All Got to right, end the you. show. I really have to go, guys. I'm sorry. That's okay. All right, see you, Jose. Bye, everybody. Bye, viewers, listeners, whatever you are. Thanks for listening, and until next time, we're punching out. Deuces!